A few months back in March of 2023, there were a lot of cool things happening in the underground filmmaking world, at least here in Florida. Lots of festivals, events, challenges, things of that sort. A friend of mine, who's also a filmmaker, had a film in a smaller, brand new film festival I'd never heard of, but of course, being a good friend, I wanted to make an appearance. Now, it's not the film festival I want to talk to you about today. It's what the people behind the festival are up to that I think deserve some attention. Yeah, um, my name is Jake. I, I'm a filmmaker, photographer, creative director, a little bit of everything you could say. And I created Only Wave with my friends and it's a company, it's a brand. It's just, uh, we do whatever we like and that's evolved into many things. Jake has a really low key way of introducing himself and I get it, but let me get you up to speed on why I decided to chat with him. Him and his team are trying to develop an app called Waves. The goal of Waves, in short, is to make a social media platform that incentivizes productive scrolling, aims for unregretted user minutes, all while focusing on supporting the artists and creators who fuel it. You know, I had this idea in my back, in, in the back burner for a while of this app idea. And, it, you know, eventually we came to the conclusion that you know, we can only help so many artists individually, but this app idea could help artists all over the world. And, and it could affect, you know, that could be, you know, our real world impact. And, you know, that idea, that project is waves. And, you know, that's how it came to be. But, you know, the, the business model behind it has been the only waves, you know, bread and butter since we started. Acting agencies and talent agencies operate in a very interesting way, which is, you're not supposed to pay a talent agency. They sign you as a talent and you never pay a dime to a talent agency, but talent agencies make money when they book you for gigs. So if, if, the, if you're trying to be an actor and someone's trying to ask you for money up front, it's a scam. So if, if this talent agency is booking you for commercials, they take 20% of your earnings and talent agency does pretty well. Um, when I first started making music videos and working with artists in Tampa and, and you know diving into the filmmaking world with uh, Only Wave when we started it in 2020, I, I liked that model because I wanted to show artists that you know I'm only working with you if I believe in you, which is the same you know transaction with a talent agency for acting. Is hey I want to work on you with this music video or this project or this album, or even its cover art, and you don't have to pay me a single dime. And if you blow up, we'll succeed too. It's funny because in listening back to this, that line in particular reminds me of how Instagram works a little bit, right? It's like, we are going to give you a place to share your work. If you can make something that in collaboration with our algorithm reaches millions of people, you're going to gain recognition from that and be able to potentially build a, a brand of that. You're gonna have all these eyeballs on your work. And we as the platform benefit from that because, well, people are online and being fed ads. But there are some key differences here. There's not a lot of trust out there right now on social media, unfortunately. What does that mean for you, that there's not a lot of trust with social media? What comes to mind? I mean, you hear it all the time. You people stealing your data. They're trying to, you know, collect things about you that you don't even know about. You know, even something as, like, keystrokes. Like, when you, when you heard that narrative that someone's out there is collecting your keystrokes, it's like, why? The answer is always why. Like, why, why do you need that information? And um, it, it's the kind of thing where if, if the app had asked you, hey, do you mind if we collect your keystrokes? Um, we're gonna use it to, 
to target ads at you, you would say no, but they never ask. So then, you know, obviously you lose trust. Okay, look, despite the fact that we're talking about TikTok right now, of all things, it's not my goal to unnecessarily fuel any skepticism. I think there's so much of that in the world right now. And frankly, I hate it. And I don't want to be the reason that you become a skeptic of, of things around you. So let me just take a second to explain keystrokes to you and talk about what Jake is bringing up here. Basically, a year ago, there was a guy named Felix Krauss, who's a software researcher based in Vienna. And he was doing some experimenting and poking around with these social media platforms. And basically, some of these platforms were tracking every little letter you would enter into the in-app browser inside of you know, the social media platforms and turn that information into data that they could attach to your profile and potentially market to you through. Now, it's important here to recognize everyone who's a part of this research has pretty much come to the conclusion that they're unsure and it's not fully exhaustive. And as you'd expect, TikTok pushed back against this conclusion and said that it was not completely accurate and it didn't uh, capture the full picture of how they're actually using this data. In fact, TikTok said altogether, uh, in fact, the code for this does exist in their apps, but they aren't using it. But again, it's still there. It's like, yeah. And I just want to give you this quote from an article I'm reading so you fully understand. Of the seven apps cross-tested, TikTok is the only one that appears to monitor keystrokes and seem to be monitoring more activity than the rest. Like TikTok, Instagram and Facebook both track every tap on a website. These two apps also monitor when people highlight text on websites. And I think where some of the skepticism comes from is this whole thing we experience now. It's that 21st century phenomenon where you feel like your phone is listening to you. It's like it always knows what to show you based off of what you're talking about. And that's not a coincidence. I mean, it comes from techniques like this, these monitoring techniques like yeah, I mean, keystrokes, for example. Not the same ones, but similar. Is, you know, Waze is a project that for the first time hopefully values, you know, the talent, the creators above everything. You know, like they are number one. Um, that That is, you know, you can look back for as long as, you know, entertainment has been around. The, the artists and the talent have always gotten the short end of the stick. And it, it's really unfortunate, but it's because, you know, it, it's the lack of knowledge, really. They're ignorant. The artists don't understand the contracts that they're signing. They don't understand the transaction in every detail, so they don't know that they're losing. Um, and, and all it becomes is the more you know, the more, you, the more knowledge you get of the situation, the more you can, you know, put a foot down and have a say. Because if, if the talent, if the creators walk away, the platforms are nothing. We have our, our plan of attack, but it is, you know, it's like David and Goliath out here, you know, and the, it's tough to say because we want to talk about waves, but at the same time, it's like they could be listening, you know, <laughs> so it's like, um, but I, I think we got to give more credit to the people. The people are getting much smarter about the platforms. I think they're starting to understand. And I mean, just your channel is, is evidence of that. You know, there, there's momentum building that people are like, I'm tired of junk, you know? And, and it's getting circulated and people are starting to see through it now. And I think, you know, look at the, I think Be Real was a good case study for that because one thing you noticed, for instance, in Be Real was there was just a complete change in culture in terms of like who people were adding. And, you know, people weren't trying to have the most amount of followers. They just wanted, they wanted a cleansed experience in a, in a way because 
you know, like, yeah, you could swipe through Instagram, you could swipe through TikTok, you could do those three to four hour sessions and you're just like, where did those hours go? Um, you know, that, that, that energy is going somewhere and it's leaving you. <laughs> so, you know, people are feeling depleted. And so there, there's, the change is inevitable, it's coming. It's all about the bridge between talent and audience or the bridge between artist and audience. It, there's no reason right now with, with current technology where there should be any disruption on that bridge. And, and that includes you and your followers on Instagram is you, your, your connection with your followers relies entirely on Instagram's decisions that day. You know, like that, that shouldn't be the case. Um, YouTube, it, they kind of have it right, right now where you can, you know, if you're, you really like a follower, you're subscribed, you hit the bell notification, you're constantly updated, you're, you always know what's going on. Um, I, I think that's what's all, what, what it's all about. And Instagram, again, it, it's, it's a marketing tool and, and, you know, like it's used for a lot of different things. So, you know, one decision benefits some people, it, it affects others negatively. Um, and that's, and it, it, at the end of the day, it's because Instagram has a master plan, right? They have so many other things that, that are on their agenda that, you know, um, oftentimes people lose. I've been thinking a lot about what Jake is talking about here. The control Instagram's algorithm has over who sees what hides in plain sight. It's really strange once you see it. It always leaves me with mixed feelings, especially as a creator. On one hand, as a discovery tool, it makes a lot of sense why you'd want a strong algorithm. Of all the possibilities for the hundreds of millions of videos that could slide across your screen, it's nice to know more often than not you're seeing something that thousands, if not millions of people agreed is worth seeing although it might be unconscious and this can clearly backfire. On the other hand, it's unbelievably frustrating how the algorithm continues to filter your work to your actual audience. The discovery part has already been done. People follow you because they want to see updates from you, and yet still, your engagement is limited to how well you capture their attention. This is what I commend YouTube for, to be honest. I have people who I followed half a decade ago who get a couple hundred views on each video I almost never watch them and yet they still pop up in my recommended list. It's my job, if I don't want to hear from them anymore, to take action and unsubscribe. Now put that same person on Instagram, they don't stand a chance. And I want to throw up some real numbers here so you understand what I'm getting at. As of September 2023, I have somewhere around 330,000 followers on Instagram. The average story post I get will be between 10 to 20,000 views after 24 hours. If that story gets a lot of likes and responses, it might get closer to 60,000. From this, we can obviously infer that the people, the number of people viewing the stories hasn't changed, but the number of people who actually see my story tab pop up does. So now with that, if you wanna reach your full audience, you are naturally incentivized to use more extreme titles, to clickbait, to have more extreme opinions, or to otherwise find some sneaky tactics to get people to engage. And all of this is so a robot can spoon-feed us what is or isn't worth our time when by following someone we already decided that it in fact is worth our time. And then fuck, you think over the course of like 10 to 20 years, what kind of environment are we incentivizing? What are we telling people is worth making? Not their honest human attempt carries too much risk of being a flop. Is it really any wonder at all that we feel like the world has become more polarized? After a quick break, Jake's plans for an algorithm for waves moving forward. Just kidding, it's still me. If you guys didn't know, 
I actually run a video production company. That's how I make a living. Or made a living, I should say, because I've been so busy taking so much time to make things for you that I've hardly had time to work with other companies, which is fine by me, but I'm going to keep doing this until I can't anymore. And if you want to be the literal reason I can continue interviewing people and making these episodes, you can become a supporting member for like five bucks. As a thank you, I'll literally read your name at the end of every episode and you'll see at the end. You can find a link in the show notes or just visit patreon.com slash the social balls. If you're just not in that position or simply do not care, that's, you know, can't blame you. So at the very least, if you want to help out sending this to a friend or putting it up on your story, it would be such a wonderful thing. And tag me if you do, because I'll probably repost it. Anyway, the algorithm. What we are prioritizing with our, with our algorithm is projects. So, you know, you think of projects, what comes to your mind? Probably albums, right? Like, or movies, or, you know, these, these are projects that were written out, scripted, pre-production was done. What audience is this for? What is this meant to do? Like, where is this, you know, where is this project gonna, what is, what's the relevance of this project gonna be in 10 years? Um, that's a lot different than posting junk on TikTok, getting a million views saying, wow, and then the whole world forgets about it the next day. Um, we're after those projects, those timeless projects. That's what we're after. And that's hopefully what our algorithm will promote. If not, we'll change things until it does promote that. Um, but you know, that, that's, that's ultimately what, what people are after. That's that feeling of leaving the movie theater and you're like, my life's changed. You know, that, that feeling, that's what we want to go after. Not the mindlessness. No one closes out TikTok or even Instagram these days. No one closes out a session and it's like, wow, I'm really happy with how I just spent my time. Why? Like, it, like that, that can be solved. People don't realize that. That can be fixed. That, that is the way Why is it not it. fixed? Because it, it would be in the best interest of everyone, would it not? It would. It, it really, you know, why can't you go to the movies every day and see a life-changing movie? It's because the content for, for it has to exist also. Um, you know, Instagram can't blow you away every time you open it up, so they have to give you junk. Otherwise, you won't be on the app. So that's why their algorithm is designed in a way of stealing your attention without asking you for it, because um, that's what makes them the most money. And the problem always will always come down to advertisements. They have to sell ads because that's the only way they make money. It's going to change. It's changing today. Um, you know, TikTok. Uh, I saw Forbes article. TikTok made more money than Snapchat, Instagram, and I don't even know the other one combined on in-app purchases. That's not advertisements, which means pretty soon ads are gonna be out of the equation. We've been on that since we started a year ago, but you know everyone's gonna realize it soon. It's not like a, our idea. Um, it's just a matter of who does it first. It's, a, it's the first playing field that is the only factor that determines one creator from the next is talent. And that talent is broken down into creativity, originality, storytelling, you know, with all those factors, not attention. You know, so um, can, can I ask how how do you guys manage that on your end, differentiating between how moved someone is versus just them what attention they gave something? It has to be the information inputted from the audience. So you know, when you finish a project on Waves, you're allowed to interact with it in a way that you've never really had. It's not just a thumbs up or a thumbs down. It's you know, you can review projects. So you know, at the end of the day, if you post a film, you'll be able to know exactly how many people cried from your film. You'll know exactly how many people saved it in a playlist so that they could revisit it, or saved it to you know, this changed my life. You know, kind of way. There's there's a way that we have to measure that. 
Um, and so we'll be able to distinguish, you know, the everyday film from the life-changing films. Yeah. Since we're talking functionality here, there's one absolutely key piece of information that got left out of this interview, but deserves an episode of its own, really. One thing Jake and I share in our beliefs is that it's often longer form media that really resonates with people. Maybe this has to do with how creators approach making long form media. Take this podcast, for example. Every episode is the culmination of days or even weeks worth of work. I'm constantly keeping an idea journal. When one of my literal thousands of voice memos or written notes sticks with me, I keep my eyes and ears peeled for potential interviewees. In the case of this episode, I find one. His name is Jake, and I drive up to a city north of me to sit down and record a conversation. The conversation stews on my hard drive for months. I wait for more clarity. I review the hours of discussion and chop it up to the most relevant parts with a voiceover, spend several days splicing it up, and then finally, I share it with you. Compare this to the half-day excursion that is filming and editing a piece of short form, and this becomes more clear. Maybe it's just the fact that it's longer, plain and simple. Jake and I had another unrecorded theory that has to do with the platforms behind long-form media. In most cases, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify, Netflix, Vimeo, etc., you're making a conscious decision to watch something. It's more active consumption. Even in the case that you didn't specifically search for it, and it's just a recommended YouTube video, let's say, you're still making a choice about what you want to watch based on what you click. And compare that to Instagram or TikTok's more passive, we feed you approach. It's probably some mix of all three of these things that makes longer form content the more intentional medium. With that said, Jake and I both agree short form isn't going anywhere, no matter how we feel about it. But what if there were a way to have the intentionality of longer form media while keeping the entertainment and shareability of short form? Well, there might be. One of Jake's rather brilliant plans for Waves, assuming I didn't dream this up, is to implement a trailer scroll feature. Imagine if Netflix and TikTok had a baby. Like when you're using Netflix and you're trying to find a movie or a show or whatever, they make it very easy to view trailers. A lot of times they'll just automatically start playing when you hover over a show or a movie. And the whole idea is you can pair that with the scrolling that we're used to today with short form media and build an ecosystem where you can tease a longer form piece of media with a piece of short form. So say it's just a small clip from a larger podcast, for example, a lot of people post things like that. If you're really interested in that piece of the conversation, you could expand and end up watching the whole thing. Or in the case of Waves, it's like people can watch the first minute of your film and if they're really interested, they can expand, go into widescreen mode and watch like the full 10 to 15 minute piece. It's a nice thought and I'm curious to see where that goes. And it's not just a nice thought. I think this is a very feasible future for even some of our short form platforms. I've heard some of the people at Instagram talk about this before, which is that they admit like reels and short form video is not a super profitable model for them. People are really good at scrolling through reels, turns out, which means they're also really good at scrolling through ads. The ads in your Reels feed just aren't as effective as the ones in your home feed. I think this is why we saw them kind of not step back from short form video, but there was a point a few months back where they kind of invested more time and energy into 
your home feed when they were allowing music on carousels and really promoting photos a bit more. And I think it came from that, just them realizing that their business model is more successful in your static home feed. And then you compare it to other platforms like YouTube, for example, where an audience, and I'm even speaking from my own experience, I'm more than happy to sit through like a five or 15 second ad every once in a while for an hour long video that I'm excited to watch. It's really no trouble at all. And in turn, YouTube is light years ahead of Instagram or even TikTok and their ability to support the creators. This is one thing you hear from creators all over the place is that if they have to define one platform as their home base in a way, if they could only choose one, a lot of them are really interested in YouTube because it has comparable discovery options to something like TikTok or Instagram. But just because they host longer form videos and they have the advertising on that down pat, I mean, there are people who can support themselves just off of their YouTube channel. And that's sometimes not even including their paid products, although usually it does. So this is a bit of my own personal prediction. I would not be surprised at all if we started seeing platforms like TikTok and Instagram find a more feasible way to host long form media. And in this case, I think we'd see a lot of linking out from a short form piece to a longer form piece. And thus, I think they'd do a much better job of supporting the creators that literally fuel their entire platform. And the thing that really drew me into learning more about Jake and his project over at Waves, they think they can do this even without ads. The model exists. Um, look at Fortnite. How does Fortnite make money? Do you have to pay to be on that? Is there advertisements? No. There's a, people will pay for, for an experience and they'll pay a lot of money. And the people who just want to enjoy the game for free, they can. And I've heard you mention you don't want to talk much about it. Yeah. What, can I ask why at least you don't want to talk much about it? What specifically? Like... How you guys are making money? I mean, it's, it's obvious to me. I don't know. It's just like, I want to, we want to make sure it works, number one. Um, but number two, we also don't want people to steal it. So, um, but, you know, again, user experience is number one. And... That, that's what has to be taught also is if you're spending 15 seconds watching an ad that you can't skip on YouTube, like people have to learn that that's not right. Like it is not, your time is valuable, even 15 seconds. Like we, we did a calculation, actually I don't even want to say that, but, but yeah, the 15 second advertisement, your time is valuable. I, I had YouTube premium for a year and I, you know, my account, I went on my friend's YouTube one time and an ad popped up. I couldn't stand it two seconds. I'm like, how do you watch these ads every day? Like that, once people start to realize that and feel that same thing and that people will never want to watch it, it, it exists right now. If you have Spotify premium and you go to Spotify regular, you're like, you can't stand it. <laughs> like want to break from the ads? Or you want to, you know, delete the app. It's like the whole world is going to get to that point and at that point, the system has to work because people won't be able to stand ads. Hello, folks. How you feel? Good this morning? Hope you do. I'm trying to get on my feet again. Feel pretty good. Thankful it's as well as it is. Oh, boys, I'm pleased to see you. I don't know where you come from, but 
Uh, I give you all the welcome I've got to offer you. And I want to tell you that I'm living on the same ground. I was scrolling through waves this morning. What you're hearing now is a soundbite from one of Jake's films. Some of the most interesting viewers might be people a thousand years from now Mm -hmm. learning about this girl named Sam. Mm -hmm. So this is your opportunity to them. Whoever's watching this film a thousand years from now or even 5,000 years from now when they want to learn about the life of a girl who lived in the 2020s. Answer them now. I must say, from my limited time on it, Waves really is a cleansed experience. Like I said, I was going through it this morning before I hit the gym, and although I originally intended on just screen recording some of the films to use as sound bites, I just ended up scrolling through and watching them. Where short form just feels like a hypnotic distraction, hopping through people's slow and composed short films just, it, it fills you with such creative energy. I was smiling to myself the whole time. A couple days ago, I reached back out to Jake to see if he had any new information or just feelings towards the project since we last spoke, and I thought there were some really interesting points, so I'm just going to read them to you. Jake's words. From day one of Wave's development, we prioritized and used the term productive scrolling, which to us sums up the feeling we want to achieve with Wave sessions. The equivalent of walking out of the movie theater after being immersed for two hours in a life-changing movie. The total opposite feeling after ending a two-hour doom-scrolling session in attention-stealing portrait platforms. Shortly after our interview, I saw an Elon tweet where he described his own version of productive scrolling as unregretted user minutes, which admittedly is a better term. And he he sent me another tweet from uh, Lex Friedman, who actually made a great point, and I'm just going to read this tweet to you. It would be amazing to have different modes to switch between. Sometimes I want fun, silly stuff. Sometimes I want to see difficult ideas that challenge my worldview. Sometimes I want to see technical tweets about AI. This is tough to do, but it's good for happiness on platforms. Jake continues. There's almost an exact parallel between the goals of Twitter and Waves in this sense. The different modes Lex describes even is something we've already implemented into Waves, which is the ability to narrow in and focus on the specific kind of content you want to swipe through so as to optimize unregretted user minutes. Bottom line is, the social media platforms that will succeed in the next decade will be the ones that are able to optimize unregretted user minutes. He also sent me some information and articles that point towards ad-free UX in the future. Aside from live streaming, which is effing huge on its own, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok are all at a space race right now to take the crown for the preferred platform for video creators. IAPs, or in-app purchases, are becoming the most pivotal factor in that decision for creators. And it's interesting to see Instagram and Twitter taking 0% cuts of creator IAPs. To incentivize them to build an audience and make a home for their community, they won't want to leave later when platform fees come. It's been interesting to watch from the sidelines as we get ready to launch this October. But because our design strictly follows quality over quantity, we're not interested in any race to win over creators. We understand that if we can optimize productive scrolling or unregretted user minutes, then the growth is inevitable because the demand for a cleansed social media UX has never been higher. This episode was produced by me, Caleb Duplain, music produced by Silver Maple and Hara Noda. Jake is a great filmmaker and is definitely someone worth keeping up with, especially with Waves launching in October. If you want to follow him, his handle is at Archilect. That's A-R-C 
I-L-E-C-T. And if you're a filmmaker or creator who wants to get on the beta version of Waves before the launch, you can submit your info by visiting onlywave.net and navigating to the Waves beta tester page. I'll also leave a link in the show notes. And again, if you guys want to become a supporting member, it would be such a huge help. I have, I have zero members right now. You could be the first one. Plus, I will literally read your name at the end of each episode, like right here, where I'm talking now. It could be your name. Patreon.com slash The Social Pulse. I will see you next week. <laughs>